Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the December 13th, 2015 edition of The Court Report on Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nahum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Every week we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on on Facebook, send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing, incredible sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that time, you've already seen the amazing handiwork and craftsmanship that they provide. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a huge Shiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes of The Court Report. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Welcome back, everyone. It is the last night of Hanukkah, the eighth night of Hanukkah. I hope you've enjoyed the past week. I hope your week has been full of donuts, full of gelt. In terms of the Yeshiva League, it's been full of wins and upsets, especially upsets in hockey, where one team fell from the ranks of the undefeated this past week. We'll be sure to tell you who it is. Also, this week has been full of playoff scenarios across the entire league. Every Just about every league has some sort of playoff clinching scenario in terms of the boys leagues. Some have already clinched, some will clinch this week, and we will go through that with you tonight on the Core Report. We are also going to take the time to talk to Avi Bornstein. You'll remember Avi Bornstein did our JV and Varsity Basketball preview with us last year. Tonight, he'll be on our show to talk about the 2015 Immuna Rubenstein JV Basketball Tournament starting this Tuesday night. Uh, so it is a packed show. We're going to jump right into it right now. We're going to start out this week's recap in JV Hockey. Only two games on the week in JV Hockey, but both extremely important to their division standings. So starting out in the Central first, uh, JEC and Flatbush facing off last Sunday. JEC and Flatbush at the top of the Central Division. Flatbush coming in with a record of 4-0-0-1 and JEC with a record of 5-0. and And the game played out like two teams at the top of their division fighting for the division crown. No score. Late in the second period, six seconds left, JEC takes a penalty. On the ensuing faceoff, Alicia Schmutter picks up a loose ball, heads on net on Flappish goalie Salaniato, and puts it home for the one nothing lead. Flatbush would try to mount the comeback, but would not be successful, as JEC would take the one nothing victory in the goal by Schmutter, his ninth in the last three games. So JEC now out to a 6-0 and record, 12 points atop the Central Division. Flatbush at 4-1-0-1-1, 9 points. 
three points behind JEC with the game against JEC in JEC's favor. Uh, the two will face again a little later on in the season, but Flatbush will need to make up some ground. JEC, still at 6-0, and has, again, three points more. The bright side for Flatbush is that they're going to be playing the return game in Flatbush with a full set uh, squad, which they did not have at this game. They also seem to have a much more favorable schedule down the stretch. JEC still has to face DRS and will face Flatbush again in Flatbush, while Flatbush will get to face Rombaum, although with the crossover games, not necessarily uh, an easy task, but we'll also have JEC at home. So they'll look to make up the three points. Uh, the other games that they play, Flappish will face Mag and David and Shari, and JEC will face Mag and David and YDE. So both the teams have two very winnable games. JEC will uh, have a couple of those this coming week. Uh, Flatbush will look to make up ground, and we'll need to we'll need to hope that DRS can help them out. The only other undefeated, well, not the only other one, but the the Eastern Conference leader DRS at six and zero, one of the only other undefeated teams, will be able to help them out. Speaking of the East, the other game on the week happened in the East. Hafter and Hank, two teams battling for second place in the division. Um, game very meaningful as. Hafter took the game against Hank uh, in Hank in overtime early this season. Uh, no score through the first. 117 left in the second. Jacob Schwartzman coming up the boards. Rips a pass to Hootie Silverman. Cross net. Put it home past Ben Horowitz for the one nothing Hank lead. 25 seconds later, though, Ben Schreier slams home a rebound past 800 Banapur off a wraparound to tie the game at 1. Once again, the two teams would go to overtime. In the overtime set, Hank would take a penalty, and on the ensuing power play, Jacob Kramer would slam home the game winner, giving Hefter another overtime victory over Hank. So the two teams come out of it like this. Hafter is now sitting in second place at 4-1-0-1 with 9 points. Hank at 3-1-0-2 with 8 points. Looking at the standings, we'll go through the entire standings in the Eastern Conference. DRS, again, sitting at 6-0, comfortably atop the rest of the division, three points up on Hafter. DRS can clinch a playoff berth this week with a Ramaz loss or tie and an SAR loss or tie. Hafter and Hank behind them. Hafter with nine points, Hank at eight. Both looking to make up ground on DRS. Going to be tough, though. Uh, North Shore behind them, two, four, and one with five points. And Rambam rounding out the Eastern Conference at one, two, one, and one. Moving over to the Central, JEC at 6-0. and JEC can actually become the first team in JV hockey to clinch a playoff berth. We'll get to that shortly. Flatbush right behind them at 4-1-0-1 with 9 points. And YDE, Magadavid, and Shari all still at 5 losses. YDE at 2-5 and five with 4 points. Uh, Mag and David at 1-5 and five with 2 points. And Shari Tora at 0-5 oh with 0 points. In the West, Frisch leading the way at 5-0, and oh, one point up on TABC, but with one game in hand, TABC at 4-1-1, and one. SAR at 2-3-1 behind them with 5 points, Ramaz at 2-4 and four with 4 points, and MTA rounding out the division at 1-6 with 2 points. 
looking at the matchups for this coming week, extremely busy week, uh, starting out in the East this coming Thursday, North Shore and Hafter will square off. Hafter looking to extend their two-game winning streak and hit the 10-point mark on the year. North Shore, however, looking to break a four-game winless streak. That includes three losses and their tie to Rambam. The two teams, North Shore and Hafter, played earlier this season with North Shore winning 2-1 in overtime. The East seeing several overtime games this season. Uh, All close teams, all very close games. In the Central, all teams are in action this coming week, making for a very interesting week that'll pretty much help shake out the division. Uh, JEC and YDE play on Wednesday night. Like I said, JEC can become the first team in JV hockey to clinch a playoff berth with a win over YDE. Flatbush and Mag and David will also play. They'll play on Thursday. JEC and Flatbush can make this a two-team race, but Mag and David played Flatbush close in Flatbush, only losing 3-2. to two. A, uh, a Flatbush loss in Mag and David would all but put a stamp on a JEC division title. And the other team from the Central, also facing an East team, will be Shari Tora at Hank next Sunday at 6. Again, uh, the losses by YDE, Mag, and David, and Shari Tora would pretty much put that nice divide between the top and bottom half, as YDE, Mag, and David, and Shari would all have six losses, meaning all they could get on the season is eight points. Like we said a couple of times already, the the borderline for making the playoffs in JV seems to be the nine-point mark. So if you're finding yourselves with four wins, you're sort of in danger of not being in the conversation. However, JEC and Flatbush can get themselves uh, in great position and above the high watermark. Flatbush at 9 right now, JEC looking to clinch that playoff berth. Out West, three games on the week. Frisch and Ramaz will play. Uh, Frisch uh, can actually clinch a playoff berth as well. A win over Ramaz and an SAR loss to TABC, and they will clinch a playoff berth. Uh, Next Sunday, two games out West. Ramaz and MTA will play uh, against each other. Ramaz can either climb back to the 500 mark, where uh, they'll be relevant in terms of playoff talk, or or they can take less, which, depending on what it is, can pretty much put the kibosh on any postseason discussion. And next Sunday, TABC and SAR will face each other, a rematch where the two played to a 1-1 tie. Moving on to the rankings for this week. Uh, DRS still at the top of the pack, uh, having not played, uh, but with the with the uh, after uh, Hank decision. Hank drops from the two spot to the four spot. Frisch moves up to the three spot. Hafter jumps from fifth to third with the win in overtime over Hank. Hank dropping to four. TABC drops from fourth to fifth, not for their own doing, but just because Hafter jumping higher into the top five. JEC stays stagnant at sixth, despite the win over Flatbush, just because of all the movement above it. Uh, Rambam stays at seven. Flatbush, despite the loss because of how well they played with... uh, uh, with with uh, players missing and on the road, will move up to 8 from the 9 spot. North Shore dropping down to 8. SAR will stay at 10. Ramaz stays at 11. MTA sticks at 12. YDE, Megan David, and Sharito are rounding out the league at 13, 14, and 15.
Moving over to varsity hockey now. A week full of crossover games, but not a great showing for the East, who went 1-5 and five on the week, and not quite the game that you were expecting for the East to win. Uh, the biggest one, uh, SAR and Hafter. SAR came in still smarting from their last game, a 4 nothing loss to TABC at home. Hafter at 8-0 and with their latest win coming earlier in the week with a 5-1 victory over Hank. This game, a rematch of last Last year's epic semifinal, the 2-1 quadruple overtime uh, game in Hafter, the purportedly the longest game in Yeshiva League history. SAR out looking for revenge after they feel Hafter took away their spot at last year's crown. Uh, first period in the rink in Riverdale. Sam Soth puts the home team up one nothing just over three minutes into the game. Score would stay the same into the third opening minute of the period. Ellie Best called for a penalty, put the Hawks on the power play. Ten seconds later, though, Daniel Lichter intercepts an SAR clear attempt and puts it into the back of the sting net past Jonah Amron to tie the game at one. The game would only be tied for one minute, though. A delayed penalty to Hafter after a big hit on Joey McGillner by Donnie Goldberg. SAR controlling in the zone. Shua Friedman along the boards throws the ball to the middle, and it hits McGillner's foot and deflects into the net for the 2-1 lead. The rest of the game played out in intense fashion with a ton on the line for both teams, but Hafter could not complete the comeback, dropping them out of the ranks of the undefeated down to 8-1 and one on the year. For SAR, the biggest win of the season, uh, momentum heading into the tough stretch of games versus Frisch, DRS, and TABC over the next week. SAR now sits at 5-2, and two, one win over Frisch, and one win behind TABC, but both of whom have a game in hand. After now having fallen from the ranks of the undefeated, does it sort of take away a bit of the mystique that, uh, that there is surrounding the team? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that they're still the best team in the East. They're still very capable of running the rest of the schedule. They have TABC coming up a little later on. I think that'll tell us a lot more about the team than the game that they showed inside the rink and confines that they likely won't see again. Also in the pack that we mentioned at the top of the West is Ramaz. Ramaz faced off against Flatbush this week in the second crossover game. Uh, In this one, Ramaz defeated Flatbush 4-1. Ali Haddad notched a goal against his former elementary school classmates. Jacob Smigel, fresh off of the OT winner last week against JEC, tallied two, and Gabe Silverman added one in the victory. Jack Mizrahi scored Flatbush's lone goal. So Flatbush drops to 7-2 and two out of the one-loss column, and that makes this week's game against Rambam extremely, extremely entertaining. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Ramaz has now won three in a row since their loss to Rambam in mid-December, and have scored four goals in each victory. Getting back to Flatbush, is their second loss on the year again, but again, it's a big one, because now Flatbush is at 7-2, and two, Rambam is at 5-1, and one. the two will face off this week. Flatbush, another Flatbush loss, could mean a, a huge gap between them and Rambam and Hafter in the fight for the two home games in the in the uh, quarterfinal round of the playoffs. Uh, Flatbush could sort of gain a little bit of momentum with the win over Rambam, but the two will still have to face later on. The two still have a very tough schedule. Flatbush still has to face uh, some good teams. They'll face Hafter again next week. They still have to take on DRS, face Rambam again, and then they take Frisch to to round out their schedule. So 
Flatbush really can't afford that many more losses in their race for the uh, for the top two seats in the division. The Rambam, a Rambam win can sort of uh, cap that off. It will create a two-game cushion. So the game this week between Rambam and Flatbush will be extremely important for the both of them. Moving on to another crossover games, MTA and Hank played this past week. Hank dominated the first period, but it would be MTA scoring the first goal as Ari Hagler put one in on the power play. Hank would earn a power play of their own, but showed how one mistake could turn a game as Josef Stern capitalized on a misplay to score a shorthanded goal, putting MTA up 2-0. Yehuda Bencher would add a goal in the second to make it 3-0 for the Lions. Hank would battle back with two in the third, off the sticks of Yoni Goldenberg and David Rabanapur, but Stern would score his second of the game, this time on the power play for the insurance goal in a 4-2 MTA victory. MTA at 4-5 and five climbs back into the playoff hunt and sits now in a four-way tie, but are going to need help as they've played nine games and each of the other teams that are in that pack, Frisch, Kushner, and JEC, have all played less than seven. Hank drops to three and five, two points up on Megan David, who beat Westchester this week twelve to two. Megan David got their second win of the season, snapping a three-game losing streak. With seven losses, though, playoff hopes are fading, but they still have a schedule favorable to making a late push for one of the final spots in the East, facing Hank North Shore. Two games against Solomon Schechter and a game against DRS. Um, Westchester, still winless, but does have a silver lining. Five of their last six games are at home. That factor didn't help them against Ramaz on Thursday night in a 15-0 loss, though. And they get the still undefeated TABC team in TABC this Thursday night. The downside, that they're in danger of elimination from playoff contention with a loss and a certain combination of wins from that grouping of SAR, Frisch, Kushner, and MTA. Speaking of Kushner, Kushner, a 4-1 winner over North Shore this week in their crossover game. Kushner goals by senior Arthur Greenfield and a trio of juniors, Ellie Slonim, Sam Roth, and the returning Zach Israeli. Kushner has now put together a two-game winning streak after losing three of the past four to pull above, um, sorry, three of the prior four to pull above 500 and into a tie for fourth in the division. Out in the East, there were two all-East battles. One was the Hafter-Hank game that we mentioned earlier, where Hafter defeated Hank 5-1. to one. The other was North Shore versus Solomon Schechter. Tied 1-1 in overtime. Daniel Spurgell scores to give North Shore their first win of the season, a 2-1 victory. North Shore now at 1-9. Solomon Schechter at 1-5-0-1. North Shore with the loss after the loss to Kushner, now at 1-9. Uh, at that point, they were 1-8, both at the bottom of the East. And Solomon Schechter still has a chance to make the playoffs, while North Shore is on the cusp of elimination. Taking a look at the standings. Uh, as we've mentioned earlier, Hafter at 8-1, and one, still leading the division, and can still make the playoffs this week with a win or tie this week against either North Shore or Flatbush, or a Solomon Schechter loss or tie to Hank next Sunday. Flatbush, also in somewhat similar predicament, Flatbush at 7-2 and two with 14 points, can make the playoffs with a win this week against Rambam and a Solomon Schechter loss, or some combination over the next couple of weeks of two Solomon Schechter losses. Rambam behind them with 10 points at 5-1. and one. Behind them, a, a, sort of like a clear break in the pack, 
DRS at three and four with Hank at three and five, both at six points. Megan David at two and seven with four points. Solomon Schechter one five zero oh, and one three points, and North Shore one and nine two points. So you have a nice big gap where you have Hafter, Flappish, and Rambam with no more than two losses, and then you have that big groove behind of teams fighting where it seems at this point uh, unless something changes fighting for the fourth and fifth wild card spots uh, with three with three wins at most and four losses at least out in the West, a little bit more of a jam-packed division where you have TABC at six and0 with 12 points SAR. Uh, sorry, Ramaz behind them at, or tied with them, but three, three behind them in losses at six and three with 12 points. SAR, five and two, 10 points. And then the four teams all at eight points, although at different stages. Frisch, four and two with eight points. Kushner, four and three with eight points. MTA, four and five with eight points. And then JEC behind the rest of the pack because of less wins. 3-2-0-2 oh, with their overtime loss last week again to Ramaz. So they'll get a chance for revenge a little later on, which we'll get to. But they're at eight points behind the rest of the pack, though, because the first tiebreak for for teams that are tied is wins and with three wins compared to the other uh, teams they will need to work extra hard to jump over other teams into the playoff race rounding out the division at 0-8 is Westchester looking at the week ahead several games on the coming week will start off in the east uh Monday night, tomorrow night, will feature North Shore and Mag and David. North Shore can be eliminated with two losses this coming week. They'll face Hafter later on. Uh, Wednesday, we'll have Rambam and Flatbush. We've already discussed the playoff implications for this game. Wednesday, we'll also see a crossover game with DRS and SAR, a rematch of the two teams that squared off in the JV quarterfinals two years ago in DRS, a, a very hard-fought one nothing overtime SAR upset, the three-seed coming into the two-seed and upsetting them. Also in the East, Thursday will feature that North Shore Hafter game. Hafter can clinch a playoff berth with a winner tie, like I said, or alternatively a Solomon Schechter loss on Sunday against Hank. Also on Sunday, Flappish and Hafter will face off. So, Like I said, two Flappish wins or a win and Solomon Schechter loss will clinch a playoff berth for the Falcons. Uh, they played Hafter very close last time in Hafter, a 4-2 game. It'll be interesting to see how this game changes shape in the Flatbush rink. Moving out to the West in terms of games, Monday night we'll see two teams in that pack, SAR and Frisch, face off. We'll also see the second half of the mid-Jersey battle with JEC and Kushner, two decent rivals, squaring off on Tuesday night. Thursday we'll see a two-pack of games with Ramaz and Frisch. Uh, again, two teams in that middle-pack area. Ramaz at 12 points with nine games having played. Frisch at eight points having six games played. So this will be a chance for Frisch to make up some ground with games in hand on Ramaz. Uh, once, uh, sorry, Thursday night we'll also see TABC at Westchester. You have the top of the division against the bottom of the division. Saturday night has 
Kushner traveling to MTA. So Kushner facing two teams in its pack can separate itself to get itself above the 10-point mark and uh, potentially um, look for higher ground in the playoff standings. Sunday will feature two games out west, JEC and Ramaz, the rematch of the OT game from last week, this time in JEC. And Sunday will also feature TABC and SAR, the two teams two teams that are at the top of the division. Again, Ramaz with them as well as 6-3, and three, but having all those games ahead, TABC will have played their seventh game facing Westchester, and then SAR will get their, will get their crack uh, after having faced Frisch. So this will be a very big week at the top of the division, although it seems like just about everybody is at the top of the division in the West. As I said, different than the East, where it's more of a big divide between the top and the bottom. Moving over to the rankings for the week. TABC stays at number one. Frisch moves up to two with Hafter's loss. Hafter dropping from two to three after the loss to SAR despite the win over Hank. SAR with the big win jumping all the way from seventh to fourth. Uh, Rambam staying stagnant at five. Ramaz taking the jump from eighth to sixth with the win over Flatbush and also a win over Westchester this week. Flatbush drops all the way from fourth to seventh, uh, basically doing a flip with SAR after the loss to Ramaz. DRS, because of all the movement, drops two spots to eighth despite not having played this week. Kushner stays at nine with the win over North Shore. MTA jumps two spots from tenth, uh, from sorry, from twelfth to tenth with the win over Hank. Hank's loss to Hafter and MTA drops it down to eleventh. JEC because of the movement above it drops from eleventh to twelfth. Mag and David stays at thirteenth with the win over Westchester. North Shore makes a jump over Solomon Schechter with the overtime win, uh, despite the loss to Kushner. Solomon Schechter drops to fourteenth and Westchester stays at 16th, rounding out the league. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. Once again, we are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. We're going to move over now to the basketball side of the ledger. We're going to start out in JV basketball, but before I move over to my interview with head coach, of JEC uh, Varsity Basketball and the tournament coordinator of the 2015 Emuna Rubenstein Tournament, Avi Bornstein. I want to just run through what happened this past week. Over the week, DRS defeated North Shore to stay undefeated. Maor upset MTA 30-25. to Heschel defeated Kushner 51-42. to Flappish defeating Shari Torah 53-25, to but losing to Hank 52-50. to And SAR dominated Westchester in a Western Conference battle. Taking a look at... At the standings to date for JV basketball in the East, DRS at 7-0, and clinching a uh, a playoff berth in the East already. Hafter and Derechatora at 5-1, and Hank at 4-2, and Mag and David at 3-1, and Flavish at 3-3, and YDE at 2-3, and North Shore and Rambam at 2-5, and Shari Tora and Ezra at 0-6. Moving over to the West, Frisch and SAR at six and zero, TABC at five and two, JEC at five and three, Ramaz at four and two, Heschel at three and two, MTA at two and three, Maora at two and four, Kushner at two and six, Hillel at zero and six, Westchester at zero and seven. You can find the uh, games for this coming week on the MYHSAL website. I uh, urge you to go, as there are several big games this week, including Derek Atora at Hafter this coming Thursday night, a battle between the 2-3 the, the team in the JV Eastern Conference.
Right now, we're going to move over to my interview that I had this past week with JEC Varsity Head Coach Avi Bornstein. Avi Bornstein, as again, you'll remember last year, uh, he helped us with our JV and Varsity Basketball Preview at the beginning of the season. Very knowledgeable coach. And now he serves uh, in uh, in the role as tournament coordinator, as he's done for the last seven years, seven of the eight years that the event has gone on, for the Emuna Rubenstein JV Basketball Tournament. A very highly touted tournament with some very good causes. Emuna is a uh, foundation that uh, does some great work, as uh, Coach Bourne Steen will describe, and the Rubensteins and their connection to Emuna and the event are, are very, very deep and very profound. So to tell us about the 2015 Emuna Rubenstein JV Basketball Tournament is head coach of JEC, Avi Bornstein. Joining us on the phone is the current varsity head coach of the JEC RTMA Thunder, Avi Bornstein. Previously, Coach Bornstein has coached at Frisch and Flatbush, where he experienced many successful seasons. His expertise in the basketball community was on display last year when he joined us for the Varsity and JV Basketball Season Preview Edition. Tonight, Coach is joining us as the coordinator for the 2015 Imuna Rubenstein Tournament, which will take place this coming week. Welcome back to the Court Report, Coach. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. My pleasure. Not to take away too much time from talking about the tournament, but I want to take a second to point out what has happened at JEC this year. In the two previous years at JEC, neither the varsity nor JV basketball teams finished above 500. Last year, the varsity team finished at 7-7, seven and seven, while the JV team finished 4-6, and six, while two years ago, the current core of your varsity team finished almost on the outside of the playoffs looking in at 5-5. Five and five. Currently, we sit at just the, about the halfway past the halfway point, the varsity squad, having played nine games already, is sitting at seven and two. What has been the key reason for the success of the JV, that the JEC is seeing this year? It's a combination of uh, maturity and growth of the players, and to some degree, the introduction of a very aggressive style of play. And it's not as if your teams are taking out sort of the, the lower half of the league. You've taken out several big guns along the way. You've defeated TABC. SAR twice, as well as played one of your old teams, Frisch, very closely as well. Uh, yes, we've been very fortunate to uh, do well in those big games. All right, yes. I, we've been talking about them for several weeks on the court, but we look forward to talking about them as it goes along. Now, let's move over to the matter at hand. As I said earlier, this week will be the 2015 Emuna Rubenstein JV Basketball Tournament. How many years have you been a part of this event? And how long has the event been going on? Eight years. Okay, so there are a few parts to this which I want to talk about individually. First, let's talk about the causes. First, to Emuna. Can you explain a bit about what Emuna is? Emuna is Israel's largest women-based religious Zionist organization. It has over 1,000 members worldwide. It has been in existence since 1935. And its focus is on helping to alleviate social issues in Israel and to strengthen Israeli society through education, both for children, adults, and seniors. Amuna has 135 daycare and school centers throughout Israel. It operates five children's residential homes, care 
It sounds like it really does connect America and Israel in a way that not many other organizations do. Uh, on a personal note, this organization actually sits near and dear to me, as my grandmother, Allah Shalom, was a member of Amunah for close to 50 years. Really beautiful. Let's, let's talk about a bit about the Rubensteins. Who were the Rubensteins, and what was their connection to what's going on at this event? Rabbi Jacob and Deborah Rubenstein were uh, a rabbinical family in the young Israel of Scarsdale, I was believed, I believe. And uh, sometime in the early 2000s, on a Friday night, while they were observing Shabbat, they were sleeping. And there was a tragic fire in their home, burned down their home, and unfortunately both of them were nifter. They were very connected uh, as rabbi and rebbetzin and leaders of the young Israel of Scarsdale. Uh, they were very connected to one of the facilities of Ramona called Bet el they established uh, an extraordinarily, extraordinarily close relationship with Amuna and Beth Elizraki. They led missions there, and uh, ultimately, upon their passing, Amuna decided to honor them by naming this uh, tournament after them uh, to show their uh, work and dedication to Beth Elizraki. And Beth Elizraki is the beneficiary organization of Amuna, specifically involved with the tournament. I hear that there's going to be a little more of an Israeli flair this year. What is going on at this year's event that has not happened in the past? This year, for the first time, there will be an Israeli team flying in this week on Monday uh, from Otsma Modiyan, uh to participate in the tournament at a JV level. It's very exciting. Uh, this has been coordinated with uh, Richard Charlotte, who uh, was and is a... Uh, attorney in uh, New York. His family lived in Teaneck. His children uh, went to uh, TABC and Frisch, and Richard himself played at JEC, and he still travels back and forth between uh, Israel and uh, New York and New Jersey after making Aliyah last year. So he has been, uh, he has enabled us to have the Otsma Modian team come and fly in for this week and participate in what is really the largest and most prestigious JV That's amazing that there's actually now a connection to Israel, which is sort of the background of the tournament's existence. So it gives it's the kids a, a little more of a, gives the kids a little more of a the local flair as to what this program actually helps to bring about. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So speaking of which, let's get to the basketball. Which schools are participating, and when does all the action go down? The participating schools are uh, Ramaz Hank. After SAR, JEC Heschel, uh, the Israeli team Kushner, uh, and uh, Flatbush and TABC. Uh, the action starts this week on Tuesday, and the way we structure it is, we have, there are two divisions in the Yeshiva League, the East and the West. What we try to do for competitive purposes is to match up teams from the East versus teams from the West, teams they wouldn't get to play ordinarily during the season, and we have them play at locations around the metropolitan area. So that on the first day, Tuesday, December 15th, we have a doubleheader at Hank, which is the host school for that game. We have a doubleheader at JEC, which is the host school for that game. And then on Wednesday, we have games at Flatbush and Frisch. On Thursday, which is the second game, 
Rachel and Kushner. And then on the final day, on Sunday, December 20th, all of the games based upon matchups, which I'll tell you about in a few moments, are all played at SAR. SAR has become the home for the what we call Championship Sunday for the last many years. So it seems as if it's really making its way around the league. It's not just like we see most tournaments where it's in one place. It seems like a majority of the league, or at least close to a majority of the league, including fans, the majority of the league's fans get to experience some some part of the tournament. Yes, there are 24 teams in the JV League and 12 participate. Uh, and it really is a good cross-section of uh, the league teams. So now, this isn't your normal tournament, though. Can you explain how the system works for this event? We have 12 teams in the tournament. If you have 12 teams, it's not like you have an even number of teams, which would ordinarily be 8 or 16, and allow teams to play down to a championship in brackets. Because we have 12 teams, what we have done is we've created a very unique point system for the first two games. The first two games are... Opponents basically at random across the divisions, and we accumulate points for certain accomplishments. The team that wins each of the two games gets 30 points for each win. Then we look at how you have done in each quarter. If you win the first quarter, the second quarter, or the third quarter, you get eight points per quarter. If there's a tie in any quarter, then it's four and four points. And then the fourth quarter you get six points for winning the fourth quarter. The reason that the fourth quarter has fewer points than the first, second, and third quarter is that in the event any team is winning in a blowout, we want to encourage them to use their bench if they can and therefore don't get as many points for the fourth quarter. In addition to that, each three-point shot that any team makes is worth three points, and each foul shot that any team makes is worth one point. If you put it all together, we accumulate the points game by game, day by day, and based upon the point totals, we decide who has the most points, who has the second most points, and those two teams will play for the championship all the way down through the 12 teams. And it turns out to be a very, very exciting and interesting way of following the tournament. Just looking at a system like this, what this also seems to do, it seems to encourage teams who aren't winning games to to basically keep going. Because even if you don't have such a successful first or second quarter, you can still make up points in the third and the fourth and by shooting three-pointers and by free throws. So it keeps each game competitive, even if it doesn't look so competitive on the scoreboard. You're absolutely right. And we have learned over the course of all these years that we've used the system that it always has surprises, always have has upsets, and always keeps teams interested even when they're down, just as you said. All right, so talk to us about, about Championship Sunday. I think you, you said you had something a little special about Championship Sunday. Well, on Championship Sunday, games are played consecutively at SAR High School, starting at 12 o'clock, going all the way to 7.30. And after the 4.30 game, Emuna makes a presentation, a beautiful presentation, led by Mrs. Ronnie Saber, the Amuna professional who really uh, spearheads the tournament for Amuna, uh, with a uh, beautiful video, and uh, we then uh, continue to play. The championship game may not necessarily be the last game at 7.30. A lot of it depends on the scheduling and the matchups and so on. And we let everyone in the community know who was playing who at what time at 
as they are starting at 12 o'clock. Every hour and a half, uh, we play another game. My, my suggestion to the uh, JV basketball community and even to the coaches is that if you want to see your opponents, you want to scout, you want to enjoy really solid basketball, it would be great if you come to SAR on Championship Sunday, December 20th. You can accomplish a lot of things, see some old friends, participate uh, with Emuna, and just have a great time. Well, it seems that half the league will be in SAR in some form along that Sunday. Yes. So you get to see 12 teams in an amazing event. You get to be involved in an amazing event for amazing causes, uh, like, like Emuna and what the Rubensteins uh, dedicated their, themselves to, Beta Zraki. seems like there's a lot going on. Is there any way for non-participants to get involved, either in the tournament or in the causes for the event? Absolutely. Any uh, non-participant would be welcome to call Ronnie Faber at Amuna, uh, to call myself. Uh, I'll tell you very briefly, my cell phone, 201-404-5519. 201-404-5519. We would like to have as much participation as possible. I certainly, on the air, would like to thank uh, the Emuna uh, members of the committee that worked so hard to uh, be able to pull this off. And I'm speaking specifically of uh, Eric M. Kraut, who is at the Yeshiva Flappers Joe Brabham High School Athletic Director. A very key member of the Court Report community. Eric has been featured on the air several times with us. Yes, Eric is doing a fantastic job uh, at Flappish. I worked for him uh, for the prior two years. He's just a great guy, and he's very uh, supportive of Emuna. Uh, equally supportive is Michael Courtney, who's at SAR. He's the JD head coach, the director of college counseling at SAR, and has single-handedly made the SAR facility available to the tournament and has given us so many opportunities to enjoy the SAR facility. Uh, in addition, on the committee is Bobby Kaplan, uh, probably as well-known as anybody in Yeshiva basketball as a coach and athletic director at TABC and at uh, Frisch, uh, and has won many championships, and he is on the committee. And uh, also on the committee is Patrice Limos, uh, my assistant, uh, and the assistant to the Amona Tournament Committee, and of course Mrs. Ronnie Faber, uh, the Amona professional, who really works so hard to make the tournament a success. Is there anywhere online that uh, that the members of the court uh, the court report uh, community can look to find out more about the causes? Amona has a wonderful website. It's uh, www.amona.org. Uh, and you can learn all about uh, the Amuna organization, the wonderful work they do. The tournament, of course, is a small part of the huge work that they do. And uh, they have their annual dinners, and they have events all across uh, the United States. They have missions to Israel, and it's just a fabulous organization. So just from everything we've discussed, it seems like this is going to be an amazing event. I know that it is every year. I always hear about it. Coach, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the event, and good luck with the rest of your season. Thank you, and to all your listeners, it's still Hanukkah now, so happy Hanukkah, and let's go play ball. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. Again, thank you very much to Avi Bornstein, the Tumor Tournament Coordinator for the 
and Muna Rubenstein basketball tournament happening this week. Just to run through the schedule again, Tuesday night we'll see Ramaz and Hank and Hafter and SAR playing in Hank. JEC and Heschel and the Israel team and Kushner will be playing in JEC. Both of those doubleheaders start at 7 o'clock with the second game at 8.30. On Wednesday, it'll be a bit of a mash as the remaining four teams in the round one games, MTA and Flatbush and Frisch and TABC, will meet up at 8 p.m. MTA and Flatbush taking place at Flatbush. Frisch and TABC taking place at Frisch. Wednesday night will also start the round two slate of games as Ramaz and Hafter will face in Frisch prior to Frisch TABC's uh, first round game. And on Thursday, you'll have the round two games, TABC versus the Israel team, JEC versus Flatbush, and Frisch versus MTA on the new court at TABC. Uh, the games are 6 o'clock, 7.30, and 9 p.m. Hank and Heschel will play their second round game in Heschel at 7 p.m. on Thursday, and Kushner and SAR will play their second round game at 8 p.m. in Kushner. Again, Championship Sunday starts at 12 p.m. this coming Sunday. Sunday in SAR. It'll be 1 30, 3, 4.30, 6, and 7.30 with the Amuna presentation in between Game 4 and Game 5 on the schedule. Please keep uh, keep tuned in to find out more about the Rubenstein Tournament and go to the websites that uh, Avi uh, mentioned to uh, check out more on the causes, Amuna, and more about the Rubensteins and their work in Beit Rocky. Let's move over to girls basketball at this point. We'll start off in girls A, starting out in the West. SAR drops Maya Note 50-38. to SAR stays undefeated at 6-0 and gives Maya Note its fifth loss of the season. Also, Kushner uh, defeated Westchester in the battle of the two winless teams. Kushner comes out victorious, 33-26. to Back in the East, Hafter defeats Ramaz 32-30. to Emily Wanderer and Ava Dechter paced Hafter with nine points each. Brianne Rubenstein, Annabelle Ritz, and Ava Adler scored all of Ramaz's points with ten each. Not a great week for Ramaz, as earlier in the week, they also lost to Flatbush 48-34. to Sarah Horowitz led a furious comeback for the Falcons, scoring 18 points. Flatbush would score 39 points in the second half for the 14-point victory. Uh, Rubenstein scored 17, again leading the score for Ramaz. The defending champs, Ramaz on the ropes, going 0-2 on the week, holding leads against both the top teams in the division, but not being able to hold on. Uh, the win would make Flatbush 2-0 on the week after they dropped Heschel by 30, 53-23. Also taking out Heschel this week, North Shore, 39-20. North Shore gained win number 3, keeping Heschel winless now at 0-7. Uh, the final game in, in girls A on the week, Central defeated Hank to pull above 500. Looking to the standings for the week, uh, Eastern Conference in Girls A, Flatbush at 7-0, and Hafter right behind them at 6-0, and Ramaz 3-4, and North Shore 3-6, and Central, uh, with only five games having been played at 3-2, and so they have uh, games in hand to sort of get above the other two, Ramaz and North Shore. How they do, we'll see this coming week when they have, uh, they have uh, a game coming up against North Shore. Uh, Hank at 1-4, Heschel at 0-7. 
out west. SAR at six and zero, and Frisch at four and zero. Both uh, both undefeated teams still on pace to uh, to take each other on. Hillel at four and one, Bruria at three and one, Mayanote at two and five, Kushner at one and six, and Westchester at zero and seven. So much like uh, much like you had you saw in in varsity hockey, the girls A basketball West is sort of divided right down that playoff line where you have four teams who are who are at one loss or no losses. Then you have the three teams below them that are at five or more with the big gap opened up between them. It'll take a lot for Mayanote, Kushner, and Westchester to really make a run at the playoffs, but it's still very doable as Buria, Hillel, Frisch, and SAR will all still face each other in some variation in their remaining games. Coming up on the week ahead, Sunday we'll see Westchester and Hillel square off. Uh, Tuesday, we'll see Frisch and Bruria do battle at the top of the Western Division. As I said, Wednesday, Central and North Shore will square up at the middle of the pack in the East. Winner will have four games, uh, sorry, four wins, and will have a little more leeway and leverage heading towards the last couple of playoff spots. Wednesday, we'll also see Ramaz and Heschel. Ramaz looking to break that slide and get back to the 500 mark. Wednesday, we'll also see SAR and Kushner. SAR looking to stay undefeated. Kushner looking to get at least somewhat back into the playoff hunt. Hafter and Heschel will square off on Thursday. Westchester and Bruria will, will do battle Thursday as well. Hank and Ramaz will also face this coming Thursday. Saturday night, we'll see Flappush and Hank square off. While Sunday, we'll see two teams near the top of the Western Division, Hill and Frisch face off, and then the two teams at the top of the East, as we said earlier, Flappush and Hafter doing battle. Moving over to Girls B, let's just quickly move over to Girls B. Uh, two games on the week, Shalhevet facing Elan and Elan facing Meg and David. Elan would split the week, losing to Shalhevet 46-26, but defeating Meg and David 39-32. So Shalhevet staying near the top of the pack, or at the top of the pack right now, tied with Bruya at 4-1. and SKA, though, still undefeated at 3-0. and Big games this week. Uh, Two games on the week. Elon at two and three, Mag and David at 0 and four, and Shalamis at 0 and four, both winless. So the week ahead, SKA faces Shalamis twice at the end of the week. Two big games that could see SKA leapfrog Shalhevet and Bruria into the top of the division. Shalamis will also face Elon on Tuesday night, and Shalhevet will face Mag and David on Thursday night. So we could see a change at the top of the at the girls B division. Moving over quickly to girls JV basketball. Hafter defeating Ramaz 24-14. Rebecca Valinsky and Raquel Alpert each scored nine points in the Hafter win. So Hafter staying with the pack at 4-2 and two at the top of the at the girls' JV East, Maya Note defeating SAR 46-39 to uh, improve to 5-1. Flatbush defeating Ramaz also 32-28. Lydia Cohen led Flatbush with 10. Becky Tauber and Elizabeth Offsheim led Ramaz with 7 apiece. So Ramaz falling a little bit towards that 500 mark after starting the week with only one loss. 
uh, now at four and three, moving into a tie with Flatbush. Taking a look at the standings, North Shore now leading the East at five and two, Hafter at four and two, Ramaz and Flatbush at four and three, and Central at zero oh and five. So again, like we saw with with Varsity A uh, West, this is pretty much a divide between the playoff teams and the non-playoff team, as Central at zero oh and five can only get five wins on the year, assuming that they win out. But the rest of the teams, because of their matchups, will most likely have to get five wins. Uh, so it's going to be a very tough climb for Central. In the West, however, Maya Note at five and one, Frisch at four and one, SAR at two and four, Kushner at one and four, and Bruria at zero oh and four. On the week ahead, two games. Uh, Monday night, we'll see Kushner and SAR swear off for the bottom of the middle of the pack. Again, we have final. We finally have a result for the first one as SAR defeated Kushner in that uh, in that game that we haven't had a result for over the recent weeks. And in the East, will be Central and North Shore. Moving over to varsity basketball to round out the day. Seven games on the week in boys varsity basketball, starting out in the East. YDE North Shore and Hafter pulled a three-game round robin this week. Hafter on Tuesday defeating YDE 63-55. to YDE's 55 points tied for the second most that Hafter has given up this season. Thursday saw YDE and North Shore do battle with YDE grabbing win number three, defeating North Shore 38 to 25. Hafter would beat North Shore on Saturday night, 45 to 30. Uh, sorry, 47 to 35. Hafter improves to seven and two on the season, pulling one step closer to clinching a playoff spot. And North Shore going 0 and 2 falls to 0 and 9, and is now staring down the barrel of elimination this coming week. Flatbush picks up two important wins on the week. First against Hank. Flatbush never trailed in this game, opening up a nine-point lead at the half and extending it to 17 in the fourth quarter. Hank attempted to mount a comeback, falling short, losing by 7, 49-42. Hank had no answer for Kevin Haddad, who dropped 14 for the Falcons to lead the team. Flatbush would also defeat Brooklyn rival Shari Tora 52-35, keeping Shari winless. Uh, the only two non-fully East games both involved Heschel. First, a cross game between Heschel and Mag and David. Heschel defeating Mag and David, more than doubling them up, 69-34, keeping Mag and David at one win on the season, and Heschel undefeated at 6-0 and with their win over Kushner. Uh, Kushner falling fast at 2-9, and nine, almost out. Taking a look at the standings, Storis will start off in the East, where DRS at 9-0 and has clinched a playoff berth. Behind them at 7-2 and is Hafter. Hafter can clinch a playoff berth with a YDE loss to Share this coming week. Hank and Flatbush behind them tied at 6-3. and Rambam at 6-4, and YDE at 3-6, and Mag and David at 1-5, and Shari Torah at 0-8, and, and North Shore at 0-9. Again, another big divide between the sort of the top and the middle. There are six teams that make the playoffs. The top five all have six wins, whereas the bottom of the pack, uh, YDE, Mag, and David, Shari, and North Shore will uh, will take uh, will take one of the will take the probably the one final playoff spot. All four teams are in action against each other this coming week, which we'll get to in the West. 
Heschel at the top at six and zero, while JEC was, has the uh, has the wins advantage at seven and two. SAR and Frisch behind them at four and two. Hill at four and three. TABC at three and three. MTA at three and four. Kushner at two and nine. Ramaz at one and seven. Taking a look at the week ahead uh, today, again those standings are without Hill and Ramaz and North Shore and SAR that played today. North Shore, with a loss, could be eliminated this coming week. Tomorrow, we'll see TABC and Heschel square off. Heschel took the earlier meeting by 19 in this one, looking to stay undefeated. Tuesday, we'll see DRS and Meg and David do battle, and we'll also have Kushner and Ramaz. Kushner can also be eliminated this week with a loss, a TABC win, and a Frisch win. Also on Tuesday will be North Shore and Rambam. Rambam looking to solidify a playoff berth at the expense of North Shore. TABC and Frisch will also do battle in round one of the Route 4 basketball rivalry on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday, we'll see quite a few games. We'll see SAR and Frisch, Hank and DRS. Uh, with two uh, wins this week in three of their games over Mag and David, Hank and Frisch, DRS will clinch a first round bye and one of the top two spots in the Eastern Conference. Thursday, we'll see YDE and Shari Torah play. Again, all teams at the bottom of the East fighting for the last playoff spot will be in contention as Saturday night we'll also see Mag and David and North Shore play. A YDE win and a North Shore loss would open up a three-game lead in the race for YDE in the race for the final playoff spot. Uh, Saturday night we'll also see MTA and Ramaz play. And Sunday we'll see Frisch and DRS, a a rematch of last year's epic semifinal contest. And MTA and Heschel will square off next Sunday as well. Taking a look at the rankings, moving over to the Jewish Hoops America National Top 25. It was uh, this past week, December 7th. Uh, at the top, we still have DRS at number one with 11 first place votes. Uh, that's to be expected. Heschel stays at number two. Eula stays at three. Hafter, though losing some votes, stays at four. Uh, rounding out the top ten is Shalhevet moving up from sixth. Rashi moving up from tenth. Uh, Weinbaum dropping from fifth to seventh. Uh, Jewish Day School dropping, uh, so, sorry, staying at eighth. Frisch dropping from seventh to ninth. TABC, JEC, and SAR all in a cluster from tenth to twelfth. Flappush at fifteen. Hank at sixteen. Hillel at 21, MTA at 24, Rambam just on the outside looking in in terms of the Yeshiva League teams in the top 25. Well, that about does it for our show. Thank you again to Avi Bornstein, head coach of JEC Varsity Basketball and the tournament coordinator for the 2015 Emuna Rubenstein Basketball Tournament for joining us tonight. Again, please check back in next week, and please keep following this week for all of the action surrounding the Emuna Rubenstein Tournament. If you missed any part of this or any episode... You can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718 
1-800-869-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Report. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the Like tab. Let's get that number up. Have a great last day of Hanukkah, everyone. See you next week right here on the Court Report only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com <laughs>